You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I don't think uh, since I took my trip to Florida last year, I've taken uh, more than a day off. And obviously it wasn't my intention, but um, I don't know. I was up, started doing other stuff, and I just kept telling myself, it's Easter, you don't have to do anything. And then it's like, so what? It's just... You just record stuff. You're not doing anything. But um, I didn't. It's kind of like when you're on a diet and it's a holiday. And you can still eat right. You know? Like, you're going to have ham. Which is healthy. There's no reason when you wake up in the morning, you can't just make some eggs. Because what's wrong with that? Well, (laughs) it's a holiday. I'm going to have leftover pizza and a piece of cheesecake. That didn't happen, but I mean... It has happened, and I'm just, you know, trying to give you something that's relatable. Completely unnecessary, but you just rationalize yourself into making that decision. Because holiday is just an excuse to do bad things, apparently. Anyways, it's fantastic to be back. And I've come to realize that um, Mondays are some of the hardest days to uh, get some stuff done. Because usually I start thinking about, you know, during the week while I'm at work, kind of thinking through some stuff to talk about. And so, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday or Sunday, whichever day I end up doing a podcast, I got content figured out. Monday rolls around, and every single week it's like, oh yeah, I forgot to come up with a plan. (laughs) Because it's a weekend and I don't have to do anything. So anyways, um, it's going to be a little bit short, because I had to spend a good part of my morning um, coming up with a game plan. And I do have some leftover notes from uh, the weekend that I didn't do. But not much. So the the plan for today is to take the latest, and I've got a couple couple little resources here, the latest 2020 big board, which I can't even really completely use because I have a new computer and have not figured out how to get my key in here, so I don't have Excel. So I can look at it, I just can't, you know, copy and paste or sort or do anything. But it's there, and I can look at it and observe it. And what I want to do is take that, and kind of reapply strategy because it's one of the things that we do a lot is say, well, in a very generic sense, say maybe we should just take a linebacker first and then a wide receiver and then a defensive tackle or whatever. We just take whatever we think is the most important thing. We put that at the top as though that's just automatically an option. Let's get uh, Higgins, and then we'll circle back and get Troy Die, and then, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know who a third round everybody I can think of is gone. We'll get a tight end. I don't know. The problem is, maybe that doesn't happen. And I think these draft simulators, and I, you know, there's, 
I like that they exist, but I don't like doing them because nobody has figured out how to make one that's even a little bit realistic. And so people do these draft simulators, and their drafts are amazing because they're getting first-round guys in the third round or second-round guys in the fourth round or whatever. And that just kind of feeds this idea that, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll take the needs that I like when I feel like taking them. And each draft simulator has its own flaws, so I think the... I, I haven't even hardly done very many because that just that just frustrates me. I, I'm trying to do it, which is actually why I like doing it the way that I like doing it, which is just taking my board. Even when I do a seven-round mock, I just take my board and I'll just skip and look and say, okay, who's available around 30? So what I'll usually do, and this is what we're going to do today, is we'll look at our first pick and we'll go a little bit backwards and then a decent amount forward. So if I really wanted to, you go about, let's say at pick 30, we go back three and forward five. So from 27 until 35, that's your range. Because after 35, you're reaching. Before 27, it's unrealistic that they'll be there. I'm just picking random numbers, and it's obviously possible that anybody's there. But all it is is an exercise. It's a, it's a realistic question of, okay, what would you do in this situation? Because again, it's easy to just say, oh yeah, we'll just we'll take a wide receiver and then we'll take a linebacker, or we'll take a linebacker first and then a defensive tackle and then a wide receiver, because it's such a deep class and da 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 da. When you do this as an exercise, and maybe and this would be another good thing to put in the Facebook group, is to give you this and say, Okay, this is what you actually have to work with. Tell me what you want to do. Tell me what you want. What you really, really want to do in, in the mock. It's a thing now. It's just apparently that's just a thing now. So anyways, just kind of looking through that, and I don't want to go too far into it. Maybe we'll just go to the fourth round, only because, you know, I think another issue with, with doing mocks is the idea that as long as I hit on all the positions, I did a good job, but obviously not all draft rounds are created equal. All right, if you got a defensive tackle in the sixth round, you really didn't get a defensive tackle. I mean, he might pan out, but to a very small degree, right? We've gone through when to get certain positions and defensive tackle, and that's another issue. That's where strategy comes into this as well. You know, we we look at it and say, okay, well, first three rounds is fine, but you also have to take position into account, right? If quarterback was an issue and you took him in the third round, you didn't solve quarterback, sorry to tell you. You want a quarterback, he goes round one or just don't bother. Offensive tackle is very similar. If you're not getting a first-round offensive tackle, you're probably not getting a good one. At the very least, you better get him in the second round. After that, you're just not even trying. Yes, I know David Bakhtiari. Do you realize David Bakhtiari is completely, completely off the radar in terms of never happening? I think he is the only, like if you looked at my list of the top 32 tackles, I think there's one that you would find who is a fourth-round pick, I believe. Take a wild guess who that is. It just doesn't happen. I don't know how he ended up sliding, but he did and he became a freak, and whatever, but it's extremely rare. So all these little pieces have to come into play. You could also play with the idea of the Packers and how well they do per round, but I don't think that's generally a good strategy. For example, the Packers are absolute dog refuse in the third round. I don't know why. It's very strange. It's kind of like Ted Thompson trying to grab a defensive player in the late first round. I mean, it just... Outside of Kenny Clark, the guy just had no ability to do it. Fourth round, he's an ace. So everybody's got... And, and it, it it might not be nothing, if that makes sense. You could just look at it and say, well, correlation is not necessarily causation. And that's true, and that's why I'm not going to really bother with it. However, 
the way you do things might have an impact on that. One of the things I pointed out that Ted Thompson did that was kind of strange and didn't make me super happy is that he almost kind of neglected the first round when it came to, for example, uh, visits. When you when you always heard about teams meeting with certain players, you always heard about the big names. You never heard big names with Ted Thompson. You heard about guys that were 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th undrafted free agent type players because he wanted to make sure he nailed that portion of the draft, almost as if he felt like the early guys were the easy, which is true. I've heard high-level people say something to that effect. I don't care how good you do with the guys early. Anybody can do that. I, you know, The mark of a good GM is a guy who can find guys late. And he did a good job. The problem is he neglected meeting with and, and putting in the extra work required. And, and maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Gutekunst comes along and there's automatically he's meeting with a lot of early first-round type talent. I mean, not early first, but he's meeting with a lot of first-round talent. That was right out of the gate. That was his first draft. You start hearing about these names. It's like, oh, wow, he's actually meeting with guys that are, you know, and that was kind of exciting. And guess what? He hit on Jair, Rashawn to be determined. Savage seems to be a great pick. Even Elton Jenkins' second round seems to be a great pick. Is he going to be quite as good in the third or fourth or fifth round? I don't know. Maybe not. So, again, you can take that into account or not. I'm trying not to because as it stands right now, I just hate the third round. Once the third round comes around, I'm going to look at who they draft and say, well, he's a bust. That stinks because I really liked him. Guess turns out he wasn't that good because the Packers took him in the third round. That's automatic. He's just not very good. Now, hopefully that's about to turn around because we got Jace in the third round. We'll have to see. But you got Oren Burks before that. You got Montrevious Adams before that. Kyler Fackrell, Ty Montgomery, Kyrie Thornton. I mean, and we didn't have a third. We very rarely have third round picks for some reason. Alex Green. I mean, Morgan Burnett was the last really good pick at, th- at the third round, and that was 2010. And, I mean, the third round's a good round to get talent. The first three rounds has a good amount of talent, and the Packers just have not really hit on the third round since 2010. I mean, even the fourth round has had a lot more. I mean, Devon House, not great, but he was better than anybody we got in the third round. Uh, Mike Daniels, David Bakhtiari, J.C. Treader, Jonathan Franklin, uh... I mean, Jake Ryan was a better pick than a lot of these guys. Blake Martinez, Dean Lowry, Jamal Williams. I mean, if we can get that much talent in the fourth, I mean, it's almost, I mean, the fourth round has been a solid round. There's been more good picks than bad picks in the fourth round. Even the fifth round, we've had more success. I mean, J.K. Scott and MVS were fifth round. Jamon was fourth round. Oren was third round. Aaron Jones was fifth round. Trevor Davis, for whatever that was worth, was fifth round. At least we had somebody that was... I'm sorry, Corey Lindsley was fifth. Did I say fourth? Corey Lindsley was fifth. Micah Hyde. So, I mean, the the point is, really, from the first round until the fifth round, the Packers have had a lot of success, minus the third round. So, yeah, I think today, maybe we'll go through the fifth. I don't know. We'll, it, it's, we're just winging this here. I'm not doing the sixth and seventh, though. I can promise you that. Um, anywho's. Something else I wanted to bring to light. I posted it on social media, but I don't know if you saw it. And I don't know if this is going to be the permanent home. I might find another spot for it. But for right now, and the reason I say that is because it does not really work on mobile. It just works. You have to have it on a desktop. However, what I've decided for 2021 is that I'm not going to put my big board behind a paywall. Meaning, everything is going to be available to the public. Whenever I update it, you get to see it. I used to have a website that kind of did this, but it's going to be the whole thing, not just not just the list, meaning you can see what the rank is at each website. So if you want to see Walter Football's rankings, if you want to see 
uh, Pro Football Networks. You want to see Draft Blaster 24-7, whatever. There's not very many right now, but the 2021 Big Board is already available. Some of you are thinking, I don't care. You don't even care about this draft, much less next year's draft, but it is up. Another thing I never used to show was even guys that didn't quite make the list. So there are 194 official rankings, and I don't remember what the number is for total because it's not listed here. I just have it as NA for a reason, because another thing that I'm going to be doing is tracking where these guys rank so that by the time next year comes around, you'll be able to see a given player and where their rank has gone starting in, you know, April of 2020. That part may or may not be readily available. But again, if you're interested, the site right now is packernet.weebly.com. Yes, just a free blog. Get over it. I'm not paying to give you something for free. But at the very top, it's just a player with the podcast, if you want to listen to it there for whatever reason. And then right under that is the list. And that's it. I wanted to keep it as simple as is humanly possible. So feel free to go check that out. Again, it's not going to work on your phone. You need to have it on a desktop. The player does, the podcast player, but not the board. It doesn't... uh... Anyways, also, techie folks. I know there's some people that are good with this stuff. If you have a solution for this, feel free to reach out because I'm not super interested in putting a ton of extra unnecessary work into this. I want to be able to do this, but I'm not paying for a website. And if this is what it is, this is what it is. I'm sure you have a computer somewhere. I'll put a link in the notes. Um, Finally, as far as this month's giveaway, um, I do want to reach some kind of a goal before we commit to it. I'll set as low of a bar as possible. So for the Patreon giveaway, if we can get to 115 patrons, what I think we're going to do is a t-shirt. Now, one thing that I think would be kind of cool would be to do a Tiger King-themed t-shirt. However, the draft is literally next week, and so I do plan on getting some draft shirts going as well. Maybe it'll be both, maybe it'll be one or the other, I don't know, but that's going to be what the giveaway is going to be. But we have to get to 115 patrons. We have 109, so I'm asking for six people. If you like the podcast, if you're able to, you can jump in on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. If we can get six people this month to jump in for a buck, then I will do a uh, a t-shirt giveaway again. I don't exactly know what they're going to be, but it's going to be one of those two categories or both. I don't know at this particular point in time. Anyways, let us take a break. We'll get that tiny bit of news out of the way, and then we'll just look at the draft as it is and try to think through um, what is going to be a pretty unfortunate scenario, because that's just what it is. It's, it's, there's no great solution, but we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, first of all, um, it is with great sadness to report that apparently the XFL is officially donezo which is just the worst. I mean, I you know, I'll be honest. I wasn't that into it. I kind of like the AAF a little, a little more, if I'm being honest. I just wasn't able to watch it because it went on cable. And I was like, well, I don't have it, so I guess I can't watch it. Um, but ju- just thinking how many years, decades went into rebuilding this. And it wasn't not successful. I don't think it was ever going to go anywhere anyways. But to have this happen, I mean, to, to launch this year, the timing... Oh, the amount of money that was invested in this, the amount of, of manpower, the people that were brought in to, to work this and to have this dumb thing destroy the XFL. Again, wasn't a huge fan. Still, there was a lot riding on this. So it's not, I don't think it's officially, officially done. It may reboot. I don't know. It sounds like it's just done, done. So... Again, the NFL reigns supreme, as it always will. I mean, nothing's going to challenge that, but that stinks. Also, little thing that I did, there was, um, you know, Trent Dilfer came out and sort of made a claim that maybe was blown out of proportion, but he said something to the effect of, Tua is a better thrower of the football than Aaron Rodgers and Dan Marino, which you have to assume he picked those two because he believes those are the two best throwers in NFL history, meaning he believes as a former quarterback and now a, a analyst, that Tua, I guess right now, is the best thrower of the football he's ever seen, ever. And on social media, because I, listen, I don't watch ESPN, I don't, I'm terrible with names and remembering people are like, oh man, he's got the worst takes in the world. It's like, I, I barely remember who this guy is. I didn't even know he was a commentator now. I, I can't keep any of this stuff straight, but I wanted to look for myself. And maybe I'll do a little bit more in depth on this, but I went back and tried to find every single take on every quarterback I could find from the time he started becoming a commentator until uh, today. Come to find out, he has been very, 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 very accurate. Very accurate. Now, people want to point out, oh, really? He said the 49ers are going to lose. No, I'm talking about quarterbacks. I don't care if he says a team is going to win and they lose. That's irrelevant. As a former quarterback, I care what his evaluations of quarterbacks have been, and I'm telling you, he's been really good. He's been off on a couple. The biggest problem I have with him is that his misses have been more recent. Now, we don't know for sure, but pretty much every quarterback that's come out, he's been a fan of. 
that that is kind of a problem where it seems like he's maybe leaning toward having a comment on everyone and just kind of liking everyone. Also, the biggest hyperbole that I've heard from him, in other words, this big nonsensical, like he's as good as so-and-so, which you hear every year that's just, I'm tired of hearing it. It came out of his mouth for the first time that I could find, and it was last year, and it was about as wrong as you can get. He said Dwayne Haskins reminded him of Tom Brady. So again, the 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 terrible, and he liked Josh Allen, who doesn't seem to be very good. Haskins doesn't seem to be very good. Um, but it, you know, we got to see how these things flesh themselves out. Prior to last year's draft, though, the only real misses I could see there were two. One of the guys I don't even remember, and he said he's kind of a late round sleeper. He was a fifth. T.J. Yates, I think. Uh, a f- guy went in the fifth round, didn't pan out. But he just said he really liked him as a as a sleeper. So that's, I mean, that's not a firm commitment. The only other one I could find that he missed on was Colt McCoy. However, he also worked very closely with Colt McCoy, so it may have just been him propping a guy up that he liked. But, and again, I don't have the list in front of me, but you look at some of the guys he said were going to be good. Um, you know, Christian Ponder, who went in the first round of the Vikings, he didn't like. He also said they should have taken Andy Dalton. Which is funny, because although Andy Dalton isn't that good, Andy Dalton went in the second round. Could you imagine having a take in which somebody took Herbert, and he says, you know, I really don't like Herbert. They really should have taken Jake Fromm. He'd be better. Because that's essentially what happened. And then you have uh, Herbert have the year or have a career that Christian Ponder had, and then Fromm goes on to have an Andy Dalton-type season. He was right about that. Andy Dalton hasn't been an elite quarterback, but he's been average to above average for the most of his career unquestionably better than Christian Ponder. Um, He was all in on um, Lamar Jackson. A lot of people were not really in on him. He was. He said he he is heads and tails ahead of where Michael Vick was when he came out of college. And obviously for some of these, it kind of depends whether you think they're a good quarterback or a bad quarterback. And I'm just not remembering out. I don't know why I'm so terrible at sending myself information when I want to talk about it. But the bottom line is, my general conclusion is I don't care what comes out of his mouth, but when he talks about a quarterback, I tend to believe it. The biggest issue, again, is, and I know some people do this, this becomes a normal thing, especially in the draft community, to just like everybody, right? You, I mean, maybe some more than others, but to generally have a more positive kind of outlook. And again, that may ruin his entire credibility. But as of right now, when he speaks, I'm going to listen. And remember, th- th- first of all, this is different than the Haskins thing because he's talking about play style. He never even necessarily said he was going to be a good quarterback. Just the way he plays reminds him of Tom Brady. This is a direct comment about his ability as a quarterback, saying he's a better thrower than Aaron Rodgers. He didn't say he was Haskins was going to be better or as successful as Tom Brady. He just said his style. And remember, Tom Brady was drafted very late because people didn't really like the way he played football. So if you wanted to give him one out, you could. Also, he didn't like everybody. In, I'm trying to remember who it was he didn't like. I think he did like Baker. and I, I, I Even the comment he made about Baker, and I put that in the correct column because he had a great first year, and he talked about how Baker could be a very good quarterback in the right situation. When you look at how successful he was one year and how terrible he was the other, it almost is a perfect, you know, it lays out perfectly what he said. We know he can be good. We know he can be terrible. It depends on the situation. So, again, bottom line is, um, watch out for Tua to be a very, very good quarterback. And yes, if, if, if you're wondering, you can go back and do your own research on this if you want. But when Trent Dilfer talks about quarterbacks, I listen. That is my new official standard on that. In fact, he even said more about, he said he's the finest prospect I've ever evaluated, he said. So, th- I mean, this is, this is uh, pretty high praise. Now, he's talking about personally evaluated. So he didn't personally evaluate Aaron Rodgers or Marino, but he has been doing this for 10 years. 
So, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting with the, the draft and how this shakes out. And it does have implications for the Packers, for those of you that are wondering. Who goes where and how always has implications. Everything just has ripples. Also, keep an eye out for, I don't think he's going to. He doesn't make a lot of declarations, which I guess is good, right? I mean, the one year that he did have comments about everybody, he liked almost everybody with the exception of one quarterback. Excuse me, that was two years ago, right? But anyways, if he talks about Jordan Love, listen, I guess. And if he likes him, I'll change my opinion on him, I guess. All right, anyways, let's get into the meat of this little exercise here. And it's not necessarily going to be a mock draft, which means we can go back and change what it is we wanted to do, right? It's this... We're not betting anything on this. In fact, we want to go backwards because if we go backwards, that means, see, shouldn't have done that. So if we go from 27 to 35, here are the prospects. Jordan, or Jonathan Taylor, Yatur Grossmatos, J.K. Dobbins, Jordan Love, Zach Bond, T. Higgins, Jeff Gladney, Jalen Rager, Ross Blacklock. So that's everything, right? We got our linebacker in Zach Bond. We got our wide receivers in T. Higgins, Jalen Rager, and Ross Blacklock. Here's the problem. And, and and again, I don't want to look into the future because that's kind of cheating. If you're doing a draft, I mean, so is going backwards. But the, the point is, we want to see the problems, the actual problems. And one of the problems is you can't see the future. You don't know who's going to be available. And now we're at a situation where that is our tier. All of those people are on a similar tier. What are you going to do? So again, at wide receiver, we got T. Higgins and Jalen Rager. At linebacker, we can take Zach Bond, or we can take Ross Blacklock. There are no offensive tackles in this range. None. Josh Jones is at 39. If I were doing a mock draft, that would be um, doable. But for our purposes right now, that's too much of a reach. We're not going to do it. We could also stick to our understanding that defensive tackles have a much, much, much higher success rate in the first round, whereas linebackers are dominant in the second round. Wide receivers, generally the first three rounds. So, I mean, the easiest way to do this, and let's just do it, would be to take a defensive tackle, then a linebacker, then a wide receiver. That's the general framework we want to operate with. So let's do it. Let's take Ross Blacklock. See what happens. So we got a defensive tackle in the first round. Packer fans are furious. Why did you do that? You had all these wide receivers. You had Zach Bond. Oh, blah, 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 right? Automatic, that's what's going to happen. But that's the thought process. We want to hit on more than just one position. We want to hit positions in their strengths. Not wide receiver or linebacker first round, then wide receiver, then defensive tackle third round. That's not going to help anybody. All right, so our next pick is at pick 62. So if we go backwards from 59 to 67, we got Lloyd Cushenberry, Ashton Davis, safety, Cole Komet, Jacob Eason, Raekwon Davis, Michael Pittman, Malik Harrison, Jake Fromm, and uh, Josh Uche. What does that leave us with? If we want to, I mean, we could do other stuff. We can get a quarterback if we want to get Jake Fromm. It's not a terrible option. He's a good quarterback, as, as is Jacob Eason, if you wanted to go that route. Otherwise, if we want to stick with more pressing knee, I mean, safety, if you wanted to go that, I mean, we could we could call an audible here, go Ashton Davis, could go tight end at Cole Komet. Otherwise, once again, no offensive tackles available in our reign. You've got Michael Pittman or Malik Harrison. I'm going to stick with the formula which also kind of works out because I think Michael Malik Harrison is a good linebacker. Not quite as high on Michael Pittman, I don't believe. I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think he was super high on my list. I do like Raekwon Davis. I'd be very happy with him, but we already committed to a defensive tackle. We didn't know what was coming. Again, Cole Komet is very tempting, and really that should be considered because there's probably going to be linebackers and wide receivers available later. However, we don't 100% know that. 
In fact, I kind of peeked ahead and I think we're headed for somewhat of a disaster. But again, I didn't know that at the time, so let's continue on. So we've got Blacklock in the first, Malik Harrison in the second. Not terrible. Our third round pick is pick 94. So if we go from 91 to 99, we've got Matt Hennessy, who's a center, Chase Claypool, who I really don't like, Jabari Zuniga, Troy Pride, cornerback, Akeem Davis-Gaither, linebacker, Robert Hunt, offensive tackle, Dornay Holmes, cornerback, Damian Lewis, interior, uh, offensive line, Jordan Brooks, linebacker. So right away, I know we should have waited on linebacker because we've got Troy Dye. Or wait, do we not have? No, we don't. He was He's just went one spot ahead of us. We don't have Troy Dye. But we've got Akeem Davis-Gaither and Jordan Brooks. We can still get another linebacker if we want. Or we stick to the the formula and get Chase Claypool, who, again, I just don't like. Or Robert Hunt, offensive tackle, is another option. Already not happy. Now we could trade back, but that's, you know, we're sticking with the exercise. you got to live with your decision. You never knew what was going to happen here. Now, some people like Chase Claypool, this is obvious, and you're super excited. Because you got a defensive tackle, you got a linebacker, and you got your wide receiver that you really, really like. I don't like him. I guess I, you know, I don't, maybe, is that part of the exercise? I don't know. I mean, he's in this tier, so we're assuming he's already in this tier. However, because I'm not a fan of Chase Claypool and I have options, and Packer fans are going to lose their minds, but again, this is how it happened. You wonder, you know, you start talking about so-and-so is such a terrible GM, should have done this, should have done that. Again, you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to take Robert Hunt, the offensive tackle. Again, we're going to go back and redo this because I don't, already in the third round, I am not happy with that decision, but I didn't know. Just trying to do, trying to do my best. And I'm not drafting Chase Claypool. I'm very sorry about that. So Robert Hunt, offensive tackle. It's pro- and, and the biggest problem with that is the success rate is low. But if, we, if we're giving up now, I mean, it's now or never. If we're not taking an offensive tackle now, we're basically saying, eh, we didn't get one early enough, so we're just skipping it. No, we're going to take one now and hope that it pans out. Fourth round is pick 136. So 133 to 141. We've got Amik Robertson, corner, A.J. Dillon, running back, Gabriel Davis, wide receiver, Thaddeus Moss, tight end, uh, Laurel Murchison, defensive tackle, Anthony McFarlane, running back, Keyshawn Vaughn, running back, Isaiah Hodgins, wide receiver, and Lynn Bowden, wide receiver. Now this actually kind of panned out because we got a pile of wide receivers here. We've also got Thaddeus Moss if we want to go tight end, but I think there's going to be a riot if we don't address wide receiver. Now, we could just take the highest-graded one, Gabriel Davis, out of out of UCF. Another option would be Lynn Bowden. Bowden, how do you say his name? Out of Kentucky, because I, I mean, just yesterday I got another question about him, about my thoughts on him. I think that's the third time somebody's asked me about him. So, again, it doesn't really matter. You can fill in the blank however you want. I'm just going to write in Gabriel Davis because he's the highest on this particular board. It doesn't super matter, right? This isn't, we're not even... Whatever. Just fill in whatever wide receiver you want, but we're doing wide receiver right now. Then the fifth and final pick is going to be pick 176. So we can go from 173 to 181. We've got uh, Travis Gibson, edge rusher, uh, Juwan Jennings, wide receiver, Jared Pinckney, tight end, Josh Kelly, running back, John Hightower, wide receiver, Kevin Dotson, interior, Geno Stone, safety, Shaheem Carter, corner, DJ Wonham, edge rusher. So, I mean, now we've got a lot of options. We can double up on wide receiver because we were late and get Jawan Jennings or John Hightower. We can take a stab at running back because why not get Josh Kelly. We can go Jared Pinckney at tight end. So at this point, it's not that bad. We can kind of just take whoever. We got Geno Stone at safety, who's kind of a strong safety out of Iowa. Could maybe fit that linebacker hybrid role. Shaheem Carter at corner is an option. 
pretty much any one of these picks would work, right? I don't really want an edge rusher, so subtract DJ Wonham and Travis Gibson. And you got Juwan Jennings, Jared Pinckney, Josh Kelly, John Hightower, even Kevin Dotson, who's a guard out of Louisiana. Geno Stone safety, Shaheem Carter corner. Any one of those would be a solid pick. So I'm not as upset now. It's really just a matter of how you want to handle it. But I'm going to go Jared Pinckney and get another weapon at a different position. Not because I'm bailing on the current tight end, but we're also getting kind of thin. We got one guy that's a maybe. We got one guy that's 50 years old. And we got one guy that's there that can kind of help as a as maybe like a number three if things if you get into a pin, but you know he's not going to pan out as a real top-end starter. So it's fine to get another little bit of depth and also kind of slightly increase the odds that we're going to have a good tight end at some point. You know, if it doesn't pan out with Sternberger, maybe Pinkney becomes a good tight end. So, you know, we're going to go that route. So that was just going into it relatively blind. I knew the third round was going to be tough at wide receiver, but I wanted to... Just be honest about going through it blind and what you could use as an initial process. Let's really quickly go through this one more time. And now, now the real pre- now the pressure's on because I should have a great draft and I'm probably still going to mess this up. But um, first round, I know we don't need to take Zach Bond because we had some good linebacker options, not only in the second round, but in the third round. The problem is I also know that after the first round, there's not a ton of super great wide receivers to get excited about. So I'm going to take Jalen Rager in the first round. I could go T. Higgins. I, I watched him again. I kind of am coming around to him a little bit to the point where I won't be super upset if we take him. I went back and watched him, and I, I, I like him more than I did. I think I was just upset before because he was seen as like a lock number three wide receiver for a while, and by some people, not everybody, and I just really didn't see it. But he, he's a good enough wide receiver. Still, though, I'm going to take Jalen Rager. I think generally, not just for myself, but in Packers draft community, Jalen Rager is liked a little more than T. Higgins by most, not all. So for the sake of making everyone, including myself, happy, even though Rager is lower on the overall big board, I'm going to take him at number one. Then coming around to the second pick, and again, because I know right, there's no tackles available and I know I can get linebackers in the third, I'm going to take my guy, Raekwon Davis. Really, really big fan of his. I think he's slightly underrated as a pass rusher, although that's not going to be his top attribute for your team. He's going to give us what we need, and that is help against the run. But again, he's, he's, he has ability. It's just not going to be probably consistent pressure, but he'll, he'll be able to get there. So we're taking Raekwon Davis in the second round. Then the third round, again, Troy Dye is just out of our range, but we've got, um, and let, let's just look at it again, because maybe we don't want to do, I'm pretty sure we do, but maybe we don't. We got Robert Hunt the tackle, which I'm sure nobody liked that pick when I made Akeem Davis-Gaither is a good linebacker. He kind of makes me nervous, but he's got some crazy freakish athleticism, and I think a lot of Packer fans like him. Jordan Brooks is kind of another one. I think a lot of Packer fans really like him. I think his draft stock is rising quickly. However, I am much higher on Akeem Davis-Gaither than I was on Jordan Brooks, so I am going to be taking Akeem Davis-Gaither. I know I said we were going to go through those, so let's look at them quickly. So we've got interior offensive line Matt Hennessy outside of edge rushers, Troy Pride at corner. You got Hunt, the tackle, Dornay Holmes, another corner, uh, Damian Lewis, another interior offensive lineman, Jordan Brooks, as I said, and I think that's where it ends at 99 there. So I'm, I'm good with it. So we got Rager. See, I, I, I like this draft because Rager is one of the, the my guy type wide receivers. I really like him. We got Raekwon, who is probably my favorite defensive tackle. Not that I think he's going to be the best defensive tackle, but my favorite, just in terms of, just, just my favorite. I don't know how else to say it. And then um, Akeem Davis-Gaither as a linebacker in the third. 
again, if this happened, I would look at it and say, see, he's not going to pan out. Because I'm iffy on Akeem Davis-Gaither anyway. I could see him being successful. I can see him being a complete flop. Packers taking him in the third round would seal his fate. But feels like the right thing to do nonetheless. Then we come down to our pick 136. And again, we've got running back A.J. Dillon, Gabe Davis at wide. So we'll, we'll eliminate the wide receivers. So we got A.J. Dillon running back, uh, Thaddeus Moss tight end. We'll also skip defensive line. We got Anthony McFarlane running back, Keyshawn Vaughn running back. And that's probably going to, what do we go to? Yeah, we, we, we don't have Marcus Bailey. So really, it's Thaddeus Moss or a running back. And I, I, I really like being in this position. Do we add another tight I mean, most people are going to want to probably add another tight end. I don't mind the idea of getting a, a, another running back to add to the group as a weapon. So A.J. Dillon is going to be the, if you want just another guy in the rotation, that's going to be a grinder and a banger. He's a monster of a human being. However, as many of you know, and I know he's not super popular um, in other circles, uh, Matt Waldman did his thing, and he really doesn't care for him. One of my favorite, he's, he's probably, he's, he is my guy. He's, again, I'm sure he's not going to be the best running back. He is probably my favorite running back in this group, though, is Anthony McFarland. I'm sorry if I'm ruining this for some of you, but I'm taking Anthony McFarland. I mean, the, the, the stark contrast between arguably my favorite running back in this class and Thaddeus Moss, who was my tight end nine, eh. Also, to be fair, a couple of points, and I'm maybe reaching a little bit here, but first of all, the Packers really, really like Jake Stern, uh, Jace, my goodness, I don't even know his name, Jace Sternberger. He's going to be the number one, I mean, pending injury, which would be pretty devastating, let's be honest. But, uh, you know, what happens if Aaron Jones goes down? How good are we feeling about running back? I know Jamal's decent, but Jamal's decent in terms of getting you your three to four yards and being done. And Aaron does have an injury history. Also, Going into the future, Jace, the, the plan is, unless he's just completely terrible, Jace is going to be the guy. The, there's a serious question about Aaron Jones and whether or not he's going to continue, not because of his talent level, but is he actually going to get paid by the Packers? If he's not, we need a replacement. We need somebody to step up. Now, in that case, maybe Anthony McFarland isn't the best option being a smaller guy. Maybe A.J. Dillon is a guy, but I don't care. I'm taking my guy because I have the opportunity in the fourth round to take one of my favorite players in this draft. Leave me alone on that one, all right? Just let me have this one, please. And then a final note, looking forward to the 2021 draft, there's a lot of talk about tight ends being a, a strength as opposed to this year where it's a weakness. And generally, I want to play to a, to a draft strengths. And when you're talking about strength, running back is a strength. Wide receiver is a strength. You could argue linebacker, especially when you're talking about depth, is a strength. Tight end is not. You've got guys that are about on Jay Sternberger's level that are about at the top of this list. I've got Bryson Hopkins, Hunter Bryant, Cole Komet. That's kind of the top of this thing. I think Jace is kind of in that range. In other words, the guy that we took in the third round is kind of who some people are going to be taking in the second round. And to take a tight end nine with this group, I just I just can't get myself to necessarily do it. Whereas 2021, supposedly, and it's very early, lots of strengths. And in fact, I've, I'm using mock drafts at this particular point in time to create my big boards because there aren't very many I think there's one big board that I used that I could actually find and by the way if you find some please send them to me I, I need help on that front I don't mean yours by the way please don't send me yours I'm not including it unless you can kind of verify some of your bona fides or have been you know whatever but there have been several mocks with the Packers taking a tight end in the first round next year and not even the same guy which means at this particular point in time there's at least two tight ends that are seen as first round prospects to be specific, if you're curious, if you're kind of hanging out at home and want to watch some guys, here's some something to be optimistic about. 
26 on next year's board is a guy by the name of Brevin Jordan, tight end out of Miami, 6'3", 245. Um, he went as early as 12 on Draft Blaster, as early as 18 on PFN, 19 on Draft Blitz, 22 uh, uh, for Walter, which I think was the, maybe the Packers, 23 for Draft Site. Because I think Walter and Charlie, who's on Walter's thing, both had the Packers taking a tight end. So for Walter, it was the Packers taking Brevin at 22. You've also got, um, where is he, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. He's gone as early as 23, 27, and 36. So tight end is supposed, I mean, it's, it's a very similar draft. Offensive tackle, quarterback, wide receiver. The biggest difference is um, also very strong at corner. And although the first round isn't going to be loaded with them like some of these other positions I'm talking about, tight end is supposed to be more of a strength. We'll see how it goes. But again, just looking at where we're at, we have a guy that we invested in that is going to be for the future. As, as of this point, it is a weak tight end class, and we're probably reaching by taking a tight end. McFarland is a great option. And we don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be a long-term solution. So for all these reasons combined, and this is a long explanation for something that maybe didn't need as much explanation, but there you go. <laughs> We're taking a running back. Then we come to the fifth round pick, 176. And we do have an option at tight end, Jared Pinckney. Again, we can double up on wide receiver if we so choose. Again, I'm going to skip edge because I don't see the purpose. We've got a running back, but we're going to skip that because we just took a running back. Interior offensive line is an option, Kevin Dotson. Safety, Geno Stone. Cornerback, Shaheem Carter. And that's pretty much it. So, I'm, again, I'm not going to do wide receiver because we went first round. We can, definitely can, because we need a lot of help. But I don't know how much help we're going to get this late anyways. Again, no running backs. So it kind of just t- comes down to a strong safety to play linebacker in Geno Stone. Interior offensive line with Kevin Dotson or Jared Pinckney at tight end. Now, in this instance... And again, you can make a case for interior offensive line, especially since you can typically get those guys later. So the odds of him being a a pretty solid football player are higher than some of these other positions, although tight end is another one that's relatively high. It's pretty evenly dispersed as far as where you find him, you find him. I mean, you know, um, what's his name? The 49ers tight end. I think he was a fifth-round pick. Um, I think, man, I can't remember anybody's name. The Chiefs tight end, I think, is a third-round pick. So again, you you find him where you find him. Here's the thing, though. For my own personal list, Thaddeus Moss, again, for the last round, was my tight end nine. Jared Pinckney is my tight end five. And he was actually four on the board last time around. So he's fallen quite a bit, but I, I still kind of liked him. So I've got it Hopkins, Bryant, Komet, uh, Breland, and then Jared Pinckney. So I, I definitely don't hate that. And, I, and, and since I haven't really watched some of these other positions, safety or uh, corner, I'm going to take Jared Pinckney. I know I just explained away tight end for a very long, uh, very long time, but again, he's to have him this late, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. So that is going to be the final pick. So in my revised um, mock draft, we got Jer- uh, Jalen Rager, Raquan Davis, Akeem Davis-Gaither at linebacker, Anthony McFarland at running back, and then Jared Pinckney at tight end. I'm, I'm good with that. Now, we didn't address offensive tackle, which is problematic, but again, next year is going to be pretty heavy. It would have been something that I would have liked to have done, but again, there, there were not a lot of options. Outside of that third-round pick, who is a guy that I've honestly never really heard of, I don't think he was on my even top list of 20 from last time. He probably would be this time. I don't know. He probably wouldn't be. Um, outside of that, there's just nobody. So we kind of look at next year as an option slash free agency, which is something we also need to start diving into. What is the uh, prospectus 
for the Packers 2021 uh, salary cap because we don't we don't know and that's that's something to discuss as well because it could inform some of the decisions we have coming up as far as extensions as far as contract you know Bakhtiari and um, Kenny Clark as well as cuts right who would make a lot of sense to go bye-bye maybe some guys that we're not looking at uh, could free agency be another big free agent boom for the Packers or are they going to be tight again but again, very heavy offensive tackle class next year. Uh, Penay Sowell is number three. Nobody put him lower than five. He's as high as two out of Oregon. So, you know, things are going to change pretty wildly, but he, he is one of the top prospects. I mean, behind Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, it's him, which in a lot of cases means he might be the best player overall, just doesn't have that positional value. You got Samuel Cosme, who I have at eight. You got Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame at number 13. Walker Little, who we saw uh, this past year, who decided to go back to school out of Stanford. Uh, is he out of Stanford? Why was I thinking he was somewhere else? Maybe, I hope this is right. I was picturing a dark uniform for Walker Little. What is that school? Who am I thinking of? Anyways, uh, Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama also decided to go back. Yeah, he's Stanford. Who was I thinking of? And then those are the guys in the top 32, but then you've also got Thayer Munford out of Ohio State at 37, Foster Serrell at 38 out of Stanford. So in the top 38... We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven offensive tackles in that first round range. So it should be another heavy offensive tackle class. I know you can't take a tight end and a tackle, but again, ideally your needs match the draft strengths, and it seems like that's kind of how it's laying out. We also didn't address corner, which some people think is a big need for the Packers. Obviously it's not immediately this year, but you could see in the very near future where it becomes a problem. Corner is another strength. You got six in the top 32. So starting with Patrick Sertan out of Alabama, number seven. Sean Wade out of Ohio State at nine. Paulson Adebo at 15. He went back to school out of Stanford. Uh, Josh Job, Joby out of Alabama. Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia. And then Trey Dean out of Florida. Six in the top 32. So it's pretty stacked. And again, pretty stacked in the direction of what the Packers want. Hopefully not wide receiver. Hopefully that's addressed. But... Uh, you got Jamar Chase, who's, I, I, I don't even know if it's necessarily arguable that he's probably better than anybody in this year's class. However, again, there's always somebody that gets super hyped early on that falls a little bit. You know, Jerry Judy had about similar hype to Jamar Chase at this time last year and then slowly kind of drifted downward. However, having watched Jamar Chase, I think he's going to be higher. We'll see what he does this year. He reminds me a lot of CeeDee Lamb but also as a very good wide. See, I, I didn't see, CeeDee Lamb is much more nuanced, right? It's a lot of body control and just having, but but as just a just a dominant type wide receiver, I don't think he's dominant. He doesn't get separation very well. Jamar Chase does. It's, it's kind of like, I don't want to say if you blend CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, because he's not that good of a route runner, but he is kind of like if you took CeeDee Lamb and maybe, I don't necessarily want to say Rager, because I don't know if he's that fast, but j- just add more speed and better route running to CeeDee Lamb, and that's Jamar Chase, as far as I can tell. So, guy's a freak. Obviously, we're not going to get him unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt week one. But again, wide receiver, uh, Jalen Waddell, Justin Ross, Rondale Moore, uh, Rashad Bateman, Seth Williams, Devontae Smith. Stacked, man. Just stacked. So, if you want to see the list again, packernet.weebly.com. It's actually a Weebly site, but if you just type in packernet.weebly.com, it'll take you there. It'll be a fun little resource. Oh, and don't forget Amon Ross St. Brown, Equinemius' little brother. Anyways, I'm going to cut it there. We'll call what we did a mock draft. It'll have more clickbait appeal anyways. So there was our ish mock draft. Not doing six and sevens because honestly at that point I just don't care. 
I mean, literally just take whoever it is that you like that you think has a potential to be a football player. I don't care if it's a wide receiver, quarterback, whatever. It just doesn't really matter to me. But you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a